0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: And welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever the case may be. Wherever you happen to be at this lovely time of day here in L.A. uh, Just after 9 o'clock. And it is gorgeous out there. The sun is shining. The skies are blue. I can only hope, <laughs> looking at some football yesterday. It's not the same everywhere in the country. I can tell you that right now. But hope you had a good week. And um, I had a phenomenal week. We're going to talk about some of the things that I, well, some of one of the things I did uh, this past week, and I'm going to share it with you. Uh, it was an amazing trip I took down to Ensenada, Mexico. No, not for vacation. But you know what? In a way, it was kind of a vacation, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Anyway, we're here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vest with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. And uh, so I would like you to get a hold of us. A couple of ways to do it. Number one, you can call us toll free, 877 385 8882. Once again, 877 385 8882. Better yet, you can reach us here, join us here on Zoom. You can go on to petliferadio.com. You follow, go on to shows, click on Ask the vet with Dr. Jeff, and there will be a link left for you there. Click on it, and you can join us live right here now with you, your pet, and me, and we can chat, talk about your pet. This is curbside at its best because you get to actually not just sit in a car and wait while whatever is going on inside with your pet, but actually you are there, part of the exam, and um, this is the way it should be done. Anyway, this is the way we do it. I'm using AirVet, my telemedicine platform, and uh, but this is the best way to go. Anyway, a couple of things in the news. AHA, American Animal Hospital Association, Newstat, also AVMA, Smart Brief. And uh, so these are some things that I wanted to mention to you. So first of all, we've had a lot of food recalls. Typically, they're because of raw diets. This one, not. This is because of a toxin. Believe it or not, Midwestern Pet Food recalls nine lots of sport mix, if you Buy or feeding sport mix food to your pets, stop now. Potentially fatal aflatoxin levels 70 dogs, 70 dogs have already died, and 80 more are very sick and being treated because of this toxicity. Aflatoxin is a toxin that comes from the fungus from molds, aspergillus for one. And um, because of conditions, moisture, heat, whatever, these. Toxins seem to grow, and aflatoxins are clearly fatal. So uh, if you are know anyone or your dogs are being fed a sport mix by Midwestern Pet Food, there are recalls. You can go online, check out. But meanwhile, stop. And it is recommended because of the number of cases that you should see your vet immediately anyway, even if your dog is doing fine. So um, anyway, check that out. This is sad. That a 15 horses at a North Carolina stable have been sick, and at least four have been put to sleep. They think a veterinarian working with these horses suspects foul play by somebody that these horses were poisoned deliberately, and that is really when I I open by saying this is really sad. Who would want to do that to an animal? It is disgusting, but um, it does happen. Sadly. And uh, horses, if you ever, you know, I really didn't know much about horses as a pre-vet. I grew up in a city and from New York to Los Angeles, um, knew I was going to be a veterinarian ever, ever since I was a kid. My love affair with dogs and cats and small animals, yes. I appreciate all animals, but never really got to know horses until getting into vet school, trying to get into vet school. I worked, I volunteered, well, I started as a volunteer position. It turned out into a paid position with a pretty well-known famous equine surgeon here in Southern California. I went to volunteer. I started to learn the job. I was working with his main scrub nurse. What she didn't tell him, and she told me a a few months after I started, was that she was giving her notice. She was going to go back to Boston, where she's from. Tufts had just opened a vet school, and she was going to apply to Tufts vet school. And she recommended to the boss, Dr. Bob Baker, that. This guy, not doctor, not doctor yet anyway, but Jeff knows everything I do. He knows the position and pretty much sight unseen because this guy was famous. This guy had so many volunteers, people shadowing him. They were groupies. and I was just a guy. I was just trying to get some experience and maybe, you know, a little learn a little bit more about horses before school. And sure enough, he hired me and I was his main scrub nurse. He came to me. When next applications were due for vet school and asked if I'd if, uh, would I, would I like him to write a letter for me, I said, why, why would I get a letter from you? I was kidding, obviously. This guy, this guy used to write some of the questions on the state board in equine surgery. So anyway, I don't know whether he was the only reason, but uh, this application with his letter, it worked. I got in. Anyway, horses are amazing. The appreciation I gained from that experience, I could never replace it. And I, I got to say, by the time I got to vet school and I was going through my equine rotations, the professors, the residents, they thought, they thought I was going horses. They thought I was uh, like a natural. So no, it was really great. This is from the American Vet Med Association, and the CDC. Don't put masks on your dogs. There's a company out there that's been selling dog masks. Their sales have increased by 500%. That's five times in the last couple of months. And they're not even necessary. It's crazy. So if you're thinking of doing it, if you have put them on your dog, stop right now. They enhance stress. They interfere with breathing. As we've talked about many, many times, the virus is so low risk to our pets. First of all, dogs don't even get sick from it at all. And they, it's a question whether they actually get the virus or they're just harboring it and can pass it on for a very short period of time. As I said, much like what we call a fomite, much like a door handle, much like the refrigerator section in the freezer at the markets so where they say you should wear gloves or wash, you know, you wash your hands all the time, rinse them, use the hand sanitizer because of that, that uh, way you could possibly, but that door handle is not going to get sick and nor is your dog. Cats on the other hand, yeah, they can get a little sick, a little sick. No cat has, I think there were about 54 known cases of COVID in cats, none of whom passed away and none of whom gave it to their owners. If anything, they get it from their owners. And in every case, there has been a COVID positive person in the household. So, and also as far as mentioning hand sanitizers, don't use those around your dog either and disinfectants, things like that. You don't need it. Don't do it. And uh, it's just being silly. So I reported a couple of weeks ago about Alaska Airlines changing their policies. Well, guess what? Alaska's not the only one anymore. American, Alaska, United, Delta, all have joined forces with Alaska Airlines. Alaska and American are partners. Anyway, no more emotional support or therapy animals will be allowed to travel in the cabin for free. Now, you could still buy tickets for them, but they are no longer allowed. The only ones that can travel for free are true, endorsed, trained service dogs. Don't try to porn your dog off, service dog. You better have the right documentation. And the reason, and I'm not a genius, but I predicted this years ago during this show that because of people taking advantage going online getting these phony support letters whatever 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 having your best friend who's a psychologist your best friend's a vet they wrote the letters they everything was endorsed and just because you wanted to just have the dog get you know fly with you on the plane not underneath not under the seat in a carrier and now it bit you in the behind cuz now they're not allowing it anymore and the reason because they changed the change rules after numerous incidents and reports that policies were being abused. Duh, you think so? So, um, yeah, for sure, that is what happened. And now for those of all of you who have tried this, now you're going to have to do it the real way and get a, only a service dog or pay. So, anyway, also, speaking of COVID and pets and things that we've predicted, it's already happening. All right, this is interesting from Scotland, from the Scotland ASPCA. Inquiries about pet surrender rise. They had normally in this period of September 1st to January 1st. Now they went actually January 5th. But let's say September to, to um, January, 476 calls, all right, about surrendering pets. That compares to a normal that they would get pre-COVID of about 200. So it's up, it's over doubled. And again, Why? Well, because, as we said, people adopted all these pets early on the, in the pandemic, and guess what they found out? That this is not a pet rock. This is a pet. This needs care. This needs training. This needs feeding. This needs walking. And believe me, it's, it's all worth it because you get back from that pet a hundredfold of what you put in. But for many, it's a, a rude awakening that these are living, needing beings. And um, anyway, they're realizing that they, because of the care and training that they need, They want to return them. So the ASPCA in Scotland is doing the right thing. They're recommending them to, to get some help with the care, with the questions, the health questions, and trainers and behaviorists they're recommending to solve some of the problems that they're having with these animals. Remember, adoption is the way to go. But when you're adopting, especially an adult pet, you have no idea What was going on with that pet? You have no idea what its history was all about. You have no idea how it was treated. So it's going to have some issues. It's going to have some behavior problems. You should know that going in. Probably nothing that can't be solved. I would say nothing. That's an absolute. I don't like absolutes. But um, I will tell you that most of them, the vast majority, can be solved. And it's still well worth it to adopt these pets if you can. This is also Interesting. Just so you know, and, and it's it's getting better. It's getting better in California. It just changed a little bit, but there are some states that are where CBD or marijuana pot products are legalized. However, the federal right government has not yet legalized any of these, nor has the FDA has not approved any of the CBD based treats, medicines, diet supplements, etc. So you need to check with your state in California for example until recently and only only industrial hemp cbd okay so it has to be derived from industrial hemp is okay for us to talk about it to prescribe it recommend it etc even maybe even sell products with it that i'm not sure about yet but in many 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 states as california was up until several months ago we veterinarians were not able to recommend it to prescribe it to sell products with it So just understand, even though it's legal in many states now for people, it's still not legal in the veterinary world. So you need to check with your veterinarian. And your veterinarian tells you things like, look, I can't, what I do to my clients is I can't tell them to try it. I can tell them that I'm to go online, there's a lot of data about it. I can show them a chart that I copied from a pot store in Colorado and let them make their own decisions. I can tell them that I, as a veterinarian, can't recommend it or prescribe or advise you, but I can tell you that it works great for my dogs. <laughs> so if you can read between the lines there, pretty obvious because it's legal It's legal in California for me, so I can do whatever I want with it. So just keep that in mind. Anyway when we come back I had an amazing trip this week as you remember many of you know years ago I did a trip like this when I went to the Amazon well I went came down to Mexico I worked with some rescue groups I'll tell you the whole story when we come back but I have to tell you one of the most rewarding enlightening things that I do as a veterinarian and uh we'll talk about it right after this break don't go away
0: For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers.
1: Take a bite out of your competition. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. And I have to tell you, I have done these trips before. They're amazing. So um, I work with two rescue groups here in LA. I mean, I work with a number of rescue groups, but two of them in particular get a lot of dogs from Mexico, Tijuana, Rosarita, uh, Ensenada. And some of them are in the worst possible conditions. And they are distemper, parvo, TBT, transmission of venereal tumors, uh, regular tumors, emaciation, not spayed, not neutered, mange. It's just unbelievable. So one of them is called HOLA, H-O apostrophe O-L-A. And the other one is the Animal Rescue Mission. So they brought me down because they've never really had a U.S. veterinarian helping them look at these animals. So we planned a trip. I actually brought my youngest daughter with me. She's 29. She's the one that should have been a veterinarian. She's got a heart of gold when it comes to animals. I mean, it was so hard for her not to bring them all back. So we uh, went down there, uh, spent a couple of days. The story is there's a woman, her name is Kayla, who runs this private rescue. Why do you need a private shelter? Why private? Because she has it right next door to the city pound and the city pound wants to put down almost every single I mean the city pound property is it's much nicer it is it's government funded all I saw there I heard a few more dogs but in the little yard they have two dogs that were like perfect shape they look like there could have been you know anyone's dog here in LA and next door Kayla has over 200 dogs and cats in conditions that are so difficult Because she's doing this on her own. She's getting, I mean, whatever help she can get, funding from these rescues in LA, funding from local people that have the the heart that she has. And yet she provides food, mostly donated, vaccines donated, people building crates and, and, and kennels for her. I mean, the conditions of course could be better, but at least she's getting off her behind and doing something instead of letting somebody else do it. Because if you always wait for someone else to do it, it won't get done. And- this woman is, she never says no. The rescues I work with say she never says no. If somebody has a pet in need, she takes it in. And so we went down. We uh, They wanted me to look at a, a bunch of dogs that were having issues. I was there for like working about a day and three quarters. And we did about 40 spays and neuters. Of course, we have to go back and do more, which I will. There were two that had very difficult, well, one was an ugly tumor. I do think I brought the tissue back. I'm going to have it biopsied. It's pretty bad. The other one was an open wound that went down to the bone, and there were some bone fragments that I had to remove. Interestingly, the dog was able to walk on it, so enough of the bone was intact, and it was granulating in, so I had to do a little bit of a plastic surgery procedure to close the gap to uh, sew the skin over the bone. And the tissue and that dog should do fine. I, I checked on it the next day. It was doing great. So a mange. Oh my god, they a lot of mange and a lot of take. I noticed interestingly that when I was doing my space and neuters. Now again, I'm spoiled as can be because back home at my hospital, my space neuters, I'm using laser. Laser surgery is amazing. There is like no blood. It's a bloodless field. It's fantastic. And here, the old-fashioned way with a scalpel, I look at one of these, a uh, scalpel, I go, what's this used for again? Oh, yeah, skin scrapings. I mean, I never use scalpel. T- I do for one or two procedures where I want the bleeding, but mostly I don't use them anymore. So anyway, uh, using scalpel, doing the good old-fashioned, as I call spay-neuter, There was I noticed more blood than there should be. And it turns out that a lot of the, or the tick-borne diseases they have cause more bleeding, uh, affect the clotting. So- it is, that was probably the reason, but all of the dogs did beautifully, did very well. So, oh, I one, one of the neuters, that had to go digging for the second testicle. It wasn't, uh, you sort of go in there knowing that there's no expectation. Everything should be a surprise. And again, when we're so used to dealing with the kinds of animals that we deal with on a regular basis in a town like LA, this is all so foreign, but you realize how much good, and I, when I came back from the Amazon I did that trip with Amazon Cares and we did the same thing. There, we had to at least we had to chase dogs off the street. There, the dogs are running free. There is no Kayla. There is no someone who's at least getting these dogs corralled and 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 putting them in a safe place and providing food and shelter. No, these dogs are running around. So we literally had to lasso them, catch them, and it was a catch and release there because there was nobody working to try to bring these, get these dogs homes. We were just trying to control the population. Here in in Ensenada, working with a shelter. And one, uh, like there are two of them down there, that at least the animals are protected. At least they are safe. At least the meals are always coming. At least they're being vaccinated. So it's a little different scenario, but they still need veterinary care. They still need to be spayed and neutered. So, you know, a little bit at a time. This is not... A one day solve, uh, and I knew it wouldn't be. It's not even a one week solve. This is going to take a number of trips. What I'm going to do is enlist some of my veterinary colleagues. I have, you know, I hate to say this because it sounds morbid, at the end, nearing the ends of our careers, many of us are, most of us are in our 60s. And many of my colleagues, my classmates are retired, but I could probably pull them out of retirement to do a trip like this. So I have one of my good classmates, good friend of mine up in Northern California. After I came back from the Amazon, I told him about it. He wants to do this. And now a lot of us have a little more more time on our hands now. So I'm going to pressure them into joining me on subsequent trips. Uh, My daughter has already volunteered. She wants to go down (laughs) every day. I mean, she was great with these animals because one of the things they are lacking is love and affection. They're not getting enough, as much human touch, human contact as they can. And I got to tell you, these dogs, even without that, were so amazing. They were so warm and friendly. Of these over 200 dogs, 95% of them, personality-wise, are adoptable. Just need to be cleaned up, need to make sure they're vaccinated, treat minor, minor things, spay and neuter, and they're ready to go. There were very, very few, which surprised me, very, very few really aggressive Fearful dogs. There were some, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, there were some that, that you couldn't, go, you had a tough time going near, that had to be muzzled, but most of them were just actually amazing. So, if you have a veterinarian, or you, well, you all should have veterinarians, you should talk to your veterinarians about doing trips like this. If any of you are in Southern California or even Northern California, it is so worth it. The feeling that one gets as a veterinarian when you are doing something for the sole purpose that it's the right thing to do. You're not doing it for the glitz of the glory. You're not doing it for the money. It is because we take oaths that we are to relieve animal suffering. We are to help animals. And that's exactly what we're doing. And not only that, when you come back from a trip like this, as a practitioner, you really have a better understanding and a more of an appreciation for what we have back home. You know, When I had to do surgery on picnic tables, folding tables out in the hot sun under a a tarp and with flies all over the place. You kind of like and really appreciate when you can be in a surgical suite with lighting. There was no lighting and it's so hard. Your own hands sort of cast such a giant shadow over your surgical plane. It's unbelievable. So you really start appreciating more what we have when we have good conditions, clients and patients that are great, clients that are great. And every now and then it's a very worthwhile thing to get that kick in the butt to just say, hey, get off your high horse, buddy, and this is what you need to do because this is what you're supposed to do. This is why we're here as veterinarians. Mm -hmm. So um, I basically would recommend this for anybody. And if any of you would like to speak to your veterinarians and would like to reach out to me, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, I would be happy to talk to them about this kind of a trip, getting them to come with me. The groups that I'm working with, they need the help. It doesn't have to be with me. We're trying I mean, ideally, instead of me being the only veterinarian working on one table, we can actually set up three or four tables, which is what we did in the Amazon. There were four veter- five veterinarians working at that time. And I was a senior vet, but we had a lot of young vets. In fact, just so you know, and I mentioned this before, in most countries, especially in Europe in Asia, in Australia, New Zealand, a lot of these veterinarians that I've met, this is what they do. This, they expect to do this as young veterinarians before they really start looking for their work. They're going to take a year off and they're going to do this kind of work to give back to the animals, not to mention the experience they will get doing spays and neuters like this. So it is such a worthwhile endeavor that I would recommend it to anybody. And uh, as I said, I'll be back because I, I love it. It's, it's fun. And Ensenada is a nice place to be. And uh, you feel so good and so complete after completing this kind of trip. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff, and I will be here next week. If you have any questions, anything you want me to talk about, anything, please get a hold of me at DR drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. If you'd like to try to get me as your doc, then at least virtually go on to airvet.com. You can put in Jeff's Telehospital, put me as your primary, and you can chat with me anytime you want uh, about your pets individually. All right thanks a lot and have a great week and uh we'll be here next week Bye.
0: let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com